is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. From Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure friendly hotlines are open. 877 Dave 007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. The Dem presidential candidates are dropping like flies. Michael Gloomberg, who won American Samoa. That is huge. In fact, my understanding is all the salt shakers and 32-ounce big gulps have been removed from American Samoa since Michael Gloomberg had such a huge... Huge showing in American Samoa. Hey, when you spend $700 million, he didn't come away empty. He came away with American Samoa. Most people don't know where American Samoa is. But I guarantee you, Michael Bloomberg does. Or Bloomberg, I should say. And the fake Indian, Focahontas. She has confided with Chief Raging Bonad. The announcement came from her teepee. She's out. Long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute, Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. Screw the enemies of pleasure. It is your global five-star general and Alpha male-in-chief from Command Center Alpha, where I am surrounded by thousands of magnificent cigars, hundreds of magnificent libations and spirits, I have Pendragon's Royal Baron, my canine security detail and companion next to me. You can probably hear him chomping on one of those beef-flavored bones. No tofu-flavored bones for Baron. That I can tell you. German Shepherds do not like tofu. And I can tell you that my German Shepherd, Pendragon's Royal Baron, only meat products for him. He's chomping on the bone, nice and comfortable. I am surrounded by luxury. And of course, as always, we gather together as alphas to not only converse about alpha male pleasure maneuvers, but also talk about the events of the day, events of the week. Why? Because we as educated alphas, this is what we do. We go to cigar lounges. We hang out with fellow connoisseurs and alphas. We enjoy our cigars. We enjoy our libations. And we're able to converse about the topics of the day in an educated, rational manner. The betas, not so much. So first of all, there's some very important news that I must get to. This is a Cigar Dave's News Bulletin. Well, as you know, the various cigar-related associations, the Cigar Association of America, the Cigar Rights of America, the Premium Cigar Association, formerly known as IPCPR, IPCPR, have all been lobbying in the, on their behalf, on the industry's behalf, to get an exemption for premium cigars from FDA regulation. 
They have tried everything. They've got bills that were in the House and the Senate, could never get it attached to a bigger bill. They have lobbied the White House, OMB. They have just gone on and on. It has been a 10-year struggle, a 10-year fight. But something happened over the last month or so in one of the committees, and it was under the auspices of uh, Representative Frank Pallone Jr., taxocrat Jay-Z, filed a bill last April entitled Reversing the Youth Tobacco Epidemic Act of 2019. It was in the com- a Committee on Energy and Commerce and the Subcommittee on Health. Pallone wanted to put tremendous regulation on cigarettes, other tobacco products, chewing tobacco, vaping, and cigars that would have eliminated the ability for any sale with the exception of face-to-face contact. So if you wanted to buy a cigar online, no joy, no luck. Well, there's a lot of lobbying that went on. There are two Florida representatives that are on the committee. Kathy Fidel Castor, taxocrat of the Cigar City of Tampa, and Donna Shalala, taxocrat of Miami. In fact, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Hag Shalala just, uh, congratulations to her. I, th- I think she just celebrated her 250th birthday, if I'm not mistaken. She ran for Congress. I think she's what, like 80, 85, because she's got nothing better to do. Well, both of those representatives apparently expressed their concern to Chairman Frank Pallone. And Frank Pallone made an accommodation for premium cigars. But, as Ron Popeil would say, but wait, there's more. So for the first time ever, the House of Representatives, they voted on H.R. 2339, the Reversing the Youth Tobacco Epidemic Act. And they voted... Well, let's see, a week ago yesterday, by a vote of 213 to 195 with 22 members abstaining, to pass that bill in the House that aspires to curtail youth use of tobacco products, strict new regulations, bans all flavored tobacco products, all internet and catalog sales of tobacco products, with one exception, premium cigars. The House Bill 2339 carves out an exemption for premium cigars for online tobacco sales. So you'd still be able to go out and online, whether it's to Thompson Cigar or to JR Cigars or Cigar International or Famous or Holtz or any retailer that sells online, you'd still be able to purchase cigars online. And also another provision in that bill that would change, put an exemption for what's called substantial equivalence, one of the three pathways to product approval the FDA established when it published its final deeming rule in May 2016 that incorporated regulating cigars. I'll get to that in a minute. So basically, there would be a premium cigar carve-out exemption. Now, you look at that and say, well, that's great. Premium cigars would be exempted from regulations. So you can still buy your cigars online. Substantial equivalents would be gone. So basically, manufacturers, I'm going to keep it simple. They don't have to go through a long, extensive product or or process to be able to launch a new product. 
So they won't have to go through years and years and thousands and thousands of dollars of testing and applications with the FDA to get a new cigar blend approved. But as I said, wait, there's more. Not so fast, my friends. Premium cigar exemption. One little caveat. It's actually a big caveat. How did Frank Pallone, the chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee, the man who sponsored this bill, what is his definition of a premium cigar? Is it over $4? Is it over $5? $6? $8? $10? It would be defined a premium cigar as a cigar that is over $12. Has to be hand-rolled, the wrapper put on by hand. There's a number of other regulations. I've got the law in front of me here. I won't get into everything in terms of the weight and other things, but basically a $12 retail price for a cigar. Less than a quarter of all premium cigars sold fall into the $12 and above category. Further, the bill has a provision that every year after this year, after 2020, the $12 would be multiplied by the consumer price index. So if the consumer price index, if inflation goes up, let's say, 4% this year, they would add 4% to the $12, and it would be $12.48 in 2021, which would be the limit of what a premium cigar would be defined at. It is a terrible bill. Further, there are no provisions. It does not exempt premium cigars from advertising and marketing, so they couldn't have branded ashtrays, lighters, shirts, no sponsored events, no cigar festivals, all of that would be illegal. Now, many in the industry are saying, well, this is great. This is a first step. I disagree with them. This is a terrible bill. First of all, there's a companion Senate bill that uh, I think Sherrod Brown, Texacrat of Ohio, has filed It's not going to go anywhere this year, not in the Republican-controlled Senate. But that doesn't mean we have to keep our guard down. And this is what bothers me. Two of the House of Representatives that are on the committee from Florida, Donna Shalala from Miami, huge cigar-related district. She's very well-versed on the importance of premium cigars and that industry to the Miami economy. And Kathy Castor who is a representative from Tampa, Cigar City, knows the J.C. Newman factory very well, knows that because of her vote for S-CHIP, the state children's health insurance program, which increased the tax on cigars to 53% with a 50-cent cap, well, that just decimated much of the mass market non-premium industry. They have a Tampa factory in, in the Cigar City of Tampa, 600 employees, gone. Gone because of Kathy Fidel Castor's vote. Now, both of them knew the importance, and they lobbied Pallone. And he said, okay, I'll put in an exemption. I'll put an exemption for premium cigars. But what they should have done is said, look, this $12 doesn't work. You want to put it to $5? Fine. People can live with that. Because I would say premium cigars with a retail price of $5 probably represents 80% or 75% of premium cigars. But what did Pallone do? Nothing. He kept it at $12, knowing full well 
that less than a quarter of all cigars sold fall into that category. Now, did Donna Shalala or did Kathy Castor, do they say, well, Mr. Chairman, I can't vote for this. These are important. This is important to my district. What did they do? They voted for this bill. So on one hand, the industry says, oh, Kathy Castor and Donna Shalala. And by the way, I'm going to get a ton of flack about this from people in the cigar industry. I know I am. But I'm independent, and I will always give you the blunt truth. Many of them are saying, well, we've got to walk a tightrope with Kathy Castor and Shalala. Shalala used to be head of Health and Human Services. She can help us. If she really wanted to help the industry, she and Castor would have gone into Pallone and said, we will not vote for this. This is, this will, this is harmful to our constituents, to businesses in our district. $12 is not reasonable. We have to bring that down. Now, I want to give you the same parallel here. I want to give you a contrast. Let's say that there would be a bill in the House that said we are going to put tremendous restrictions on advertising, marketing, and regulation of introducing new wines. Now, let's face it. California, huge region for wine. Napa, Sonoma, all along California. Do you think for one second that that Nancy Pelosi or any of the California members of the House, any congressmen or women, do you think for a second they would vote for a bill that would screw their own constituents, big business, basically big industries in their districts? The answer is no. Now, I understand that they wanted to have a unanimous front on the taxocrats, everybody to vote for it, but they should have exuded more pressure. This is why we have to absolutely vote Republican in the fall. The Democrats, when they get back into power, if they take the Senate, I can guarantee you they will screw the cigar industry. They don't care about businesses. They don't care about taxes destroying businesses. They don't care. Democrats are enemies of business. I think they're enemies of America. That's my personal opinion. Because they've proved again and again that they don't care about the working person. They don't care about their constituents. If they did, they would have looked at Obamacare and said, wait a minute. People used to have $250, $500, $1,000 deductibles, $1,000 max out of pocket. Now these deductibles for these Obamacare plans are $1,000, $2,500, $3,500 maximum out of pocket, $8,000. They don't care about that. This is nothing more than a pathway to socialized medicine. Medicare for all, which would not be Medicare for all. I'm getting on a tangent. But the point being is, Democrats, including Kathy Castor and Donna Hagshalela, they do not care about the cigar industry. They pretend to care about the cigar industry. They pretend, oh, I'm for, I'm for the, the cigar manufacturers. As long as the cash keeps coming in, they'll pretend. Just like Bill Nelson pretended. Oh, he loved the cash coming from the cigar manufacturers doing fundraisers, but never lifted a finger. Never lifted a finger. Pathetic. Kathy Castor and Donna Shalala know full well the importance of the cigar manufacturing industry and the cigar industry to their districts and to the state of Florida. They, when it counted, voted to screw the very industry 
that they purport to represent. Good news is this is probably going to die in the Senate, but very important, very important. Come September, let's stay, make sure we retain the Senate and take back the House. And, of course, Donald Trump, four more years. In fact, I'm happy with eight more years for Donald Trump. Let's just do an eight-year election. Eight years for Donald Trump, I'm happy about it. Last week, I went on and on about China. China is not our friend. China is not only an American enemy, they are the world's enemy. Report. And I said this. They knew about coronavirus since the end of December, and the physician who found out about it, who discovered it, they basically muzzled. They shut him up. The commie pinko bastards shut him up. Well, Chinese scientists. Reports now coming out. Sunday Times of London. They all knew about this. But government officials were all ordered to suppress the evidence about coronavirus. They knew it. Gag order from China's National Health Commission. Instructions to destroy samples. Researchers in China discovered late December coronavirus. They alerted the proper authorities, the China National Health Commission of Beijing. So this wasn't local. This went right to the top. President Xi of China, he knew what was going on. He knew in early January they ordered the samples destroyed. Rather than containing the virus, rather than saying to the world, we've got issues here, we've got a major, major problem, we must address this, we must let the world, rather than containing it, they hit it. Furthermore, in Wuhan, there is a big annual potluck dinner. 40,000 families attend. Can you imagine this like going to a football stadium? 40,000 families, everybody brings their own dish, and everybody shares the dish. Now, Wuhan health officials, Beijing, the National Health Commission in China, they knew about coronavirus. They knew it could spread. They knew it was dangerous. Did they stop that potluck dinner for 40,000 families? The answer is... No, they, I, I got to find out how to say no in Chinese. They did not. And the cover-up continued when representatives of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control Prevention on January 8th visited Wuhan. Officials intentionally withheld information that hospital workers had been infected, infected by patients, a telltale sign of contagion. They didn't acknowledge until January 20th. But meanwhile, now that President Trump is calling out China, and has put travel restrictions, and has, even though publicly stated, President Xi of China is doing a great job. The Wall Street Journal was hunting around. China expelled the three Wall Street Journal reporters last month who were snooping around, who knew what was going on. Meanwhile, China now is saying, well, the United States and other countries are being xenophobic. They're going against China. And that maybe the United States, maybe other countries had something to do with the spread of coronavirus. Please. President Trump kicked out some of the Chinese communist propaganda media members from the U.S. this week. And people getting confused about coronavirus. They're getting confused. They're confusing coronavirus with corona beer. Now, anybody with half a brain. Now, remember, we as alphas, we have 100% maximum brain efficiency. We are smart. We're educated. And many of you that... Don't even smoke cigars, but like the fact that we're alphas. Many dames listen. They know we're all educated. We're smart. 
None of us would say, gee, I think coronavirus is caused by drinking Corona beer. However, surveys are showing that a large percentage of Americans believe that Corona beer could contribute to getting coronavirus. 38% of respondents in a survey this month said they wouldn't buy Corona beer under any circumstances now. 14% said they wouldn't order the beer in public. 16% admitted confusion about the beer was directly related to coronavirus. You have got to be kidding me. How stupid are people? It's a name. Corona beer has nothing to do with coronavirus. But again, low informational people. Lips. Low information persons. And here's another little kicker that I want to get into here. The CDC blocked an FDA official last Saturday from entering the premises. This shows you the problem with bureaucracy with the federal government. Officials are expressing frustration. A top scientist was rebuffed when attempting to visit the CDC in Atlanta last month to help coordinate the government's stalled coronavirus testing. Timothy Stenzel, director of the FDA's Office of In Vitro Diagnostics and Radiological Health, was made to wait overnight the weekend of February 22nd as senior health department officials negotiated his access in a series of calls before CDC officials allowed him to come on campus and into the building. Meanwhile, his visit had been expected. The FDA sent Stencil to the SD, uh, CDC because they wanted to expedite the development of lab tests for the coronavirus outbreak. And problems with the CDC-developed test delayed the Trump administration's plan to expand screening for weeks. Now, I've got to tell you something. If this FDA official shows up at CDC at 7 o'clock and is not allowed to come in the next day, I'm President Trump. I bring in Azar, the head of HHS. I bring in the director of the CDC. I bring him into my office and say, this BS is going to end now. And you tell the CDC director... You report to Azar, you report to Pence, I find out about this thing, you're fired. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. (laughs) That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Cigar Day. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, 
quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Now, four maneuvers I have moved from Command Center Alpha to a teepee in show of support for Focahontas, the fake Indian, Elizabeth Warren. After a big powwow with Chief Raging Bunny. I'm Raging Bernard Sanders. I'm going to have a big powwow with Pocahontas, the fake Indian, and Hatipi. Therefore, I, Bernard Sanders, along with Cigar Dave, I have moved to Hatipi. Big announcement from Hatipi this week. She's out. She's bye-bye. We gave her a tomahawk chop. Whoa! Elizabeth, who is the liar now? Huh? You called me a liar? No. Are you a liar? You know, I have I go to your house, your teepee for dinner, and then you accuse me at a debate of calling me a liar? Screw you, you fake Indian. You're the liar. That's how you got your job at Harvard. You're a total phony and a fraud. Chief Raging Bernie now is the sole socialist in the race for the Democrat nomination. So I'm going to be doing litation and libation from a teepee set outside Command Center Alpha. And I have pulled out... A Gurkha Nicaragua. Very good reason I pulled out a Gurkha Nicaragua. Next hour, the entire hour, will be joined in our Cigar Masters series by Jim Colucci, the president, dual president, of both Gurkha Cigars and Sindicato Cigars. And we'll talk with Jim about his interesting career and, of course, some of the new cigars being launched. And Jim has promised me that he is going to make two announcements about two new cigars being launched this summer at the Premium Cigar Association Convention in Vegas in mid-July. He's going to make the announcement first today during his Cigar Masters appearance on the Cigar Dave Show next hour. So the Gurkha Nicaragua, Gurkha's first Nicaraguan Puro. It was launched last summer. We've got video of it as I toured the booth at the Premium Cigar Association Convention last summer. Grown by, all the tobaccos grown by Aganorsa. Eduardo Fernandez, who grows fantastic Nicaraguan tobaccos, as well as rolls fantastic cigars at his factory. Corojo 99 wrapper, two Corojo 99 Nicaraguan binders, and a mix of Nicaraguan Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 filler. Comes in four different sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, the Magnum, as well as a Bellicoso, and I have pulled out the Toro, six inches in length, 54 ring gauge, or 54, 64, seven inch, shade under an inch, medium to full bodied, a lot of flavor, cigar doing great. We'll also talk about the Gurkha Trenta, celebrating Gurkha's 30th anniversary, and the Gurkha Real that we featured for our December 2019 Officers Club selection. So I will enjoy the Gurkha Nicaragua today in honor of Jim Colucci's appearance on the Cigar Masters Hour coming up. Hour two of the Cigar Dave Show. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. So 
Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, I've got my Cigar Dave Mala. Make America Lightate again. Beautiful jet flames, huge tank. That's what I would use today on this Gurkha Nicaragua. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Beautiful cut. As always, I will toast the foot of this cigar, this Gurkha Nicaragua. Beautiful looking cigar. Beautiful Colorado to dark wrapper, just a medium tan to a darker tan. I will puff and rotate. Great mm. draw. Mm-hmm. Subtle aromas entering around me, being picked up by my acute nasal passages. Mm. Great draw. Puff and rotate. Mm. Mm. Take a few puffs. Blow on the foot. Perfect amber glow. I'm using my Cigar Dave Mala. Make America Lightate again. And now, I need something to wash it down with. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I'm in the mood for some coffee. I love my Nespresso machine. It has the capsules... I don't have to worry about grinding. Now, I've also got a coffee machine that's got the grinder and all the fancy with the French press, and I've got the, the drip. i got everything. As a connoisseur, you have to have all the proper accoutrements. Well, I love my Nespresso machine that we can meet here at Command Center Alpha. There's probably 30 different varieties of cafe that you can enjoy. So appropriately, I picked the Nespresso Nicaragua. They describe it as a smooth honey and sweet cereal. Rare process they use with a black honey processing. Meticulous monitoring is necessary. Uses Arabica beans, Nicaraguan uh, Arabica, smooth honey texture, sweet cereal notes. Beautiful. You stick it right in there, and about a minute later, boom, you have your coffee with a nice froth at the top. Very aromatic. I'll take a sip here in my in my very nice china cup and saucer. I don't use paper. No, no. Command Center Alpha, we do everything elegantly, okay? So you can hear you can hear the saucer and the cup connecting. Let me take a sip. Mmm. And we'll post pictures of this at CigarDave.com and social media sites. Mm. Smooth texture, very cereally, slight bit of sweetness. I only use two or three drops of stevia. Mmm. Delicious. So I've got my Gurkha Nicaragua accompanied by Nespresso Nicaragua. Absolutely perfect. All right. I want to finish off before the bottom of the hour. Talked about the CDC blocked one of the FDA officials from coming on premises. And I want to finish this up because if I was President Trump, I would be beyond perturbed. I would bring in the head of the uh, uh, CDC in Atlanta. I would bring in Secretary Azar of HHS, Vice President Pence, and tell them that this nonsense, this BS stops pronto. It stops immediately. No ifs, no ands, no buts. There's not going to be any bureaucratic sparring. We are here to help the American people on this coronavirus spread. And if I catch wind of any of you or anybody at these agencies blocking access or not cooperating, I will personally fire any one of those guilty parties without any question. 
Done. Are we in clear agreement? And both heads would nod and say, this BSNs right now. Now, Michael Bloomberg had a very tough week. Oh, poor, he's had a tough few months. He got his ass clobbered on the debate, or the debates. Mr. Big Mike, I'm, I'm Mike. Mike is ready. I'm the man. I've led a city. I've led a business. I'm ready. Meanwhile, when it came to debate, and when Focahontas, fake Indian Warren, went after him, he got back underneath his lectern. He got off his little little riser, and Mini Mike went down and crawled into a corner like a little beta. He got his ass slammed. Spends almost $700 million on campaigns, $500 million on advertising, and only wins American Samoa. Now I'll get to his terrible performances and his hypocritical performances on the Fox News town hall that occurred Monday night uh, before this past Super Tuesday. But Michael Bloomberg, to be in solidarity with Chinese people, has said that he is going to eat at a Chinese restaurant to show solidarity over coronavirus. I like Chinese. I like Chinese. They only come up to your knees. Yet they're always friendly and they're ready to please. I like Chinese. How nice of Mike I Bloomberg, like Mini Mike, to go Chinese. eat Chinese. Is he going to have the Kung Pao chicken? Is he going to have the lo mein noodles, the chicken fried rice, the pork fried rice, the happy family, some, hmm, what else? General Tso chicken? That would be my favorite. Some beef and broccoli with... Cashew? Such choices. He says, go to Chinese restaurants all across the country here in America where there's no reason to think whatsoever you're going to catch the flu, but people aren't patronizing them. I thought to myself, he said, this is Monday, I'm going to go to a Chinese restaurant. It actually turns out I can't, but I will do it tomorrow night just to show the flag and help them. Why couldn't he do it that night? Why couldn't he order takeout? Get it delivered. Now, speaking of takeout or delivered, um... I think it was uh, Monday, at a campaign event Monday. It sound, looks as though this was in the afternoon. Mini Mike was hungry. And somebody videoed Mini Mike eating pizza. Mr. Anti-Junk Food. Mr. I'm taking the salt off your table. Mr. No Big Gulf. Mr. No Cigars. Mr. No Baby Formula for babies. We want their mommies to breastfeed them. Mr. I'm going to intrude in your life because I know better than you. He's eating pizza. And it wasn't just the fact he was eating pizza with gooey cheese. And it looked as though there was pepperoni or some sort of fatty meat product on there. It was what he did. Disgusting. He used his hands. Campaign event in Virginia took his hands. Instead of getting a knife and fork to cut it, you know, you cut the, the slice and then you remove it. He used his hands to kind of cut each edge. And then he stuck his fingers in his mouth because he got some sauce on his fingers. He licked his fingers like, you can see this in the videotape. And then he goes back and puts his hands on the pizza again. Now, who knows what germs, what vermin Mini Mike is carrying. I mean, for all we know, his enemy of pleasure germs or genes his nanny state genes could somehow transfer to somebody who took another slice of that pizza. 
but it was absolutely disgusting. Sucks the crumbs and the sauce off his fingers. Then he goes back for more. Excuse me, Mike. Sanitary conditions. You're worried about people throwing some salt on their food, sprinkling some salt, or having a big gulp, but you can't use the tongs. You can't use a fork and knife. You can't be sanitary. Total fraud, hypocritical, phony. But wait, there is more. Town Hall participant Monday night with Fox News asked Michael, Mini Mike Bloomberg, if his life matters more than the questioner. How do you justify pushing for more gun control when you have an armed security detail that is likely equipped with the same firearms and magazines that you seek to ban the common citizen from owning? Does your life matter more than mine or my family's or these people's? Uh, Look, I probably get 40 or 50 threats every week, okay? And some of them are real. That just happens when you're the mayor of New York City or you're very wealthy and if you're campaigning for president of the United States, you get lots of threats. So I have a security detail. I pay for it all myself. And, um, you know, they're, they're all retired police officers who are very well trained in firearms. So it's okay for Gloomberg to have a security detail with guns because he pays for them himself and their former police officers and because he has all these threats. Again, it's the, the hypocrisy and because he's wealthy, but it's not okay for a man on the street to protect his family and protect himself with a firearm. There's more hypocrisy. Brett Baer, or actually Martha McCollum, asks Bloomberg, how can you fly around on private jets but be a proponent for climate change? Get a listen to this. So you have obviously been very passionate about climate change, but yes. uh, you know several folks out there wanted to know how you can you know fly around on private jets and take your jet to to Bermuda to play golf and still be such a strong proponent of climate change. Is that hypocrisy? Well, num number one, everybody that's running for president is running for a job that comes with a private plane. <laughs> True. And it's a big plane, <laughs> and it burns an awful lot of gas. Um, I think the answer is that I spend an awful lot of time flying around the country, flying around the world, working on climate change, and we have closed an awful lot of coal-fired power plants and worked to try to train uh, coal miners to get other jobs, but at least to get the pollutants from uh, coal out of the air. And um, I probably couldn't do it without an airplane. And I just, the, the security you'd have to have, if I go on a commercial jet, the airlines just don't want to take you because there's just too much, too many risks. I'm just too controversial. But um, yes, I have a plane. So it's okay for him to have a plane, but it's not okay for anyone else. And he's so hypocritical. He's full of baloney. Donald Trump Jr., second most death threats against him in the country. First is the president, Donald Trump. Donald Trump Jr. gets the second most. Picture of him on social media the, day, the next day on a commercial flight in coach in a middle seat taken by another fellow passenger smiling and Donald Trump Jr. smiling. He travels by commercial. He also travels private. But you see, he has to travel. Michael Bloomberg has to travel around because he can't do it on commercial fighting climate change and closing down coal-fired plants. He needs his plane. They always have a BS excuse. What did I tell you? And what have I told you over the last umpteen couple of years? It's all about wealth transfer. 
It's okay for mini Mike Bloomberg to travel around by private jet. It's okay for Al Gore to travel by private jet and to live in huge mansions. And Michael Bloomberg has, I think, six homes using tons of energy. But it's not okay for you to drive an SUV. It's not okay for you to have the air conditioning on. It's not okay for you to have a car that uses fossil fuels. But it's okay for these clowns. It is rampant hypocrisy. I'm all for having private air transportation. I'm a pilot. I love to fly privately. I admit it. But I don't go around jumping up and down saying, oh, we've got it. The, 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 the uh, fossil fuel executives are, are, are polluting. They're guilty. We should throw them in jail. We have to end this existential threat. If it's such an existential threat, then Bloomberg would be taking commercial. And then they'll give you the same also regurgitated uh, uh, poppycock that, well, I buy carbon offsets, which is another sham, another wealth transfer scheme. They're all full of baloney. And by the way, also full of baloney, Bolshevik Bernard Sanders. Last week when he was in, uh, where was he? He was in uh, South Carolina, I believe. Yeah, South Carolina. He had to go from one city to the next. It's a two-hour car drive. Bernard Sanders had to use one of his fleet of four Gulfstreams for his campaign for a 10-minute flight. But here's the kicker. Bernard boarded the wrong Gulfstream. He mistakenly boarded the wrong private jet. It happens all the time. They all look the same. What am I supposed to do? So all these clowns that rail against this existential threat, climate change, climate change, we have to do something, they're all full of baloney. Don't believe them. Do not believe them for a second. It's all about wealth transfer. So you want to drive your SUV, you want to air condition your house, you want to travel by plane, you want to go have a boat, knock yourself out. Use the fuel. It's all a load of poppycock. Never miss a minute of the show when you download the Cigar Dave mobile app. For Apple, Android, and Kindle devices, you can listen to our 24-7 continuous stream of the latest show or download the recent podcasts to listen to anytime on your mobile device. Get the Cigar Dave mobile app in the App Store. Search Cigar Dave. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions, Sit, Smoke, Chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body, notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then... A very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana, the fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. 
At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Chris Matthews resigns from BSDNC. He got whacked, essentially, but they let him resign. Why? Well, because some woman wrote a GQ article saying that she just felt demeaned because the way Chris Matthews delivered some compliments. Now, Chris Matthews is very smug on the air. He's a know-it-all. you gotta be bring, You got to bring your A-game with him because he will challenge you at all times. But the one thing a Chris Matthews respects is if he has someone just as intelligent that can challenge him. Now, I stand up for him. I think he should not have had to resign or be fired. Does he say some stupid things? Yes. Last June 28th, 2019, Miami International Airport, the day after the Democrat debates, I am flying from Miami to Las Vegas for the Cigar Retailers Convention. And who do I see behind me in the TSA line? You got it. Chris Matthews. Here's the audio from the July 13th show where I discuss it. So I looked at him and I said, excuse me, Chris, you're in the wrong line. This is only for Fox News viewers. And of course, a number of other people in line look and snicker. So I, I could tell I was in friendly company. There was maybe about 22 people, 23 people, something like that. And he said, no, where? He said, actually, this is the smart people's line. I said, exactly. That's why you're in the wrong line. You need to go back to the other terminal. <laughs> Everybody around starts cracking up, including his producer. Touche. I got him. He didn't know anything at that point. He was a little silent that somebody gave it back to him. Because if you watch him on Hardball, he's always Mr. Smartass. He's the smartest one in the room. Nobody can get a word in. He's always the one that's got the uh, last word. If he disagrees with you, he'll berate you. But I got the last word. Now, I ended up shaking his hand. It was very cordial. I was very polite because you don't want to be rude. And uh, then he started talking, asked where I was from, and we had some common, uh, common bonds. He was pleasant enough, I will say that. This is Laura Bassett. I call her Laura Bassett Hound. If you look at her, you'll know why. She published a piece in GQ magazine saying that uh, there were instances of Matthews creating a sexist environment. Take a listen. I helped to remove a man from the airwaves that was really undermining women. I was sitting next to him in the makeup chair, and he said, who are you? And I said, uh, I'm, I'm Laura Bassett. I've been on your show several times. I'm, I'm going to be on your show tonight. Um, and he said, and why haven't I fallen in love with you yet? And I was kind of taken aback, and I didn't say anything. I was nervous. Please. The man compliments women. And by the way, by her own admission, she said I wasn't sexually harassed. He didn't hit on me didn't touch me. This wasn't a Me Too movement. This is all because she didn't like the fact that Matthews was tough on Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton, and other people. Enough's enough. 
I'm not a Chris Matthews fan, but he should not have been fired. Cigar Masters Series next hour with Jim Colucci, President, Gurkha Cigars, Syndicato Cigars, next. This is AMEN, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. As I relight my Gurkha Nicaragua, absolutely fantastic. Mm. Providing me ample pleasure since we lit it during the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony, and there's a good reason I selected Gurkha this week, the Gurkha Nicaragua, not only because it's a great cigar, but because... Our cigar master this hour is the president of Gurkha Cigars, and he wears two hats, as well as being the president of Syndicato Cigars. Interesting story there. Longtime friend of the Cigar Dave Show, Jim Colucci, will be joining us in just a moment. But as always, make sure you grab a cigar, a libation, kick back, and remember, no enemies of pleasure, no socialists allowed anywhere anytime on The Cigar Dave Show. And we welcome Jim Colucci joining us from the Gurkha and Syndicato headquarters down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, actually Tamarack to be specific. Jim, great to have you on. You have been uh, quite busy the last, uh, actually since you started wearing both hats back last summer. Yes, hi. Well, actually, Dave, it started, well, first of all, I'm happy to be on. And uh, I started wearing both hats on January 1st, 2019. Was it that long ago already? I can't believe it. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I had my first anniversary already of two hats. My so wife said, that's because you have a big head. <laughs> now, tell us, Jim, how did that all come about? You were, with, as everybody knows, with Altatus for many, many years. In fact, I was just thinking about this uh, before we came on the air today, that we probably did at least 30 live broadcasts launching new cigars for Altatus over probably a, I don't know, 17, 18-year period without any question. And I can remember one that we did in Detroit when the, the Pin Players Ball was there, and I've got some pictures to prove it, uh, when it was back at the Marriott in Troy, Michigan, when you could actually smoke cigars inside restaurants back in the good old days. Yeah, I remember those days. I remember all the ones in uh, Charlotte smoking cigars in, uh, let's see, we had two two different steakhouses, right? Morton's. That's right. And, uh, and then there was also that the bar Sunset in Club. Charlotte. Yep, the Sunset exactly. Club. Then we moved over to the Ballantine. And then, of course, we, Dan Genuine, uh, quality fresh cigars up yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, we had that beer uh, place that we had yep. the smoker in there. Yeah, Dave. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I miss those days. I remember that day you drove up. Well, we had. Oh, I remember that. We were at the Detroit uh, Tiger Stadium, and you drove up in a tank. That's right. 
That's right. We had the tank, the WKRK FM tank. That's yeah. a beautiful, that's a great promotional vehicle to have. We came up in the tank and there was a building behind that looked like it was just bombed out and I'm on the top of the tank and you were on there too. So great yeah. times. We'll have, we'll have to do those again. I think maybe we'll, when I come down to see you, we should talk about maybe launching some of the new Gurkhas because I know that you do have some new cigars that are in development. So Jim, let's talk about uh, going, you left Altadas, you retired from Altadas after many years, couldn't stay yeah, away. Years, Dave. 37 years couldn't stay away from the cigar industry and you got lured back in by a group of retailers that wanted to launch their own brands and syndicato was created so let's talk about the formation of syndicato because you've launched some great cigars for syndicato probably what seven eight years it's been uh syndicato is now it'd be seven years no actually dave on february 28th it was seven years old Okay, so right, right in that time slot, seven years. Yeah, I just—it's hard to believe that's that. Well, that's when we launched it. We didn't launch our first cigars until uh, October of uh, that year, 2013. So we showed our first cigars at the uh, then IPCPR show, right? Okay, in 2013. So we've been in this doing this for seven years now. And uh, it's been very interesting, especially, well, listen, it's really easy to launch a cigar company, Dave, when you have 45 retailers as part of the group and they have over 200 stores. Well, and also because of your vast contacts and extensive travel to Nicaragua, Honduras, uh, the Dominican Republic, you were able to tap into some great manufacturers. Your Syndicato and Syndicato Maduro, the flagship for Syndicato, are outstanding cigars, uh, top shelf all the way. Yeah, I the, the best find I would say I had was meeting Eduardo Fernandez at Aganosa. And uh, the quality tobacco he has, and I, I the amazing thing is, you know, when I was at Altadis, uh, George Gershel and, and Nikki Van Olden, you know, when, they, when, they, when they would buy tobacco, I, you know, I would say, you know, I've tasted better cigars than this with Nicaraguan tobacco. And they would say, hey, Arganosa, when we buy it from them, they sell us the best that they're willing to sell. They're the oddball in the industry that they keep the best for themselves. Right. And that was definitely true. It wasn't that the stuff they sold us wasn't great, but. It didn't compare what they had on their products, the products they were making for people. You know, you know, they make a lot of cigars for a lot of different people and some great cigars. And that's how I got involved in it, because I had tasted Illusion and Viejo and, you know, products that people were making with them. And I just thought they were great products. And the Syndicato has been great, both in the natural Corojo and the Maduro with the uh, Mexican uh, Marone. And, of course, to me, my favorite now and go-to stick at Syndicato is my Particulatus. Or as Gene Tipton would say, Particularis. I just spoke to Gene, yeah. who was for many years the VP of sales at Altadas, and you brought him on board to Syndicato. And ever since you brought him on board, Jim, uh, Gene has been smoking away the profits. I think his uh, 10 cigars a day, but I think he's down to like eight now. Yeah, yeah, he's he's reduced his consumption before. You know, when I used to work with Gene, uh, when we'd be out of state and we'd be in a hotel, I'd call him up. I said, "You ready to go for breakfast at seven o'clock?" He says, "Hell, 
I've been down here since 5.30, had a cigar in my mouth, <laughs> and I'm having a cup of coffee. You know that, you know that sound, totally, right? Totally true. 100% <laughs> true. I'll never forget having lunch with G one time. He said, all right, now, we're going to go in the car. I got some cigars for you. So he remote yeah. opens his trunk. We were maybe 50 feet away from his car. I am telling you, one giant blue puff of smoke came out. You could smell the aroma of cigars 50 feet away. And when I came in, I saw it is in his front seat. He had two ashtrays. He had oh, lotation yeah. devices, butane gas. He was prepared in case uh, he had to travel across the country. He was ready to go with his cigar, cigar supply. But uh, Gene, very well loved in the industry and well known in the industry. And I just spoke to him. He's up in Tallahassee, used to live in Tampa, sold his house, and he is doing very well. But he told me that he's still uh, still selling some cigars for you. Yeah, he is. Uh, and he built that. You, you've been in his old, uh, in Tampa, in his man cave. That is correct. Did he, did he tell you about the new one, how big, it, how big this one me. is? He told me. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, when he left Altidus, uh, when he retired, I think he had an, a couple of thousand sticks, you know, in the house. And, of course, that he went through all those already. And uh, and uh, God knows how many uh, Gurkha and and uh, Sindicato sticks he has now. But I'll tell you something funny, uh, Dave. You remember all the beautiful humidors we would make and also the ones we gave away at the Monte Cristo Cup? Absolutely. So... One day I said to Gene, I said, you know, I really, you know, upset with myself that I really, you know, used to just say to everybody, no, I don't want one. I, you know, I have a couple humidors at home. So I said, Gene, how many humidors you have at home? I said, I probably got about 55 to 65. <laughs> he, here's every one we made. All right. And oh, I yeah. don't know if you see, he's got the, you know, the big one, big, big one we made for the stores. I do remember that. He's one. got, he's got, got it. The year, the hundred, you know, when it was the anniversary of the seventy-fifth anniversary of Monte Cristo, he had one of those big ones. Uh, <laughs> quite, quite, quite the character, no doubt about it. And really, when you look at the cigar industry, it's still made up of people, relationships, and obviously, oh, yeah. you've been in the cigar industry now. What forty-four years, forty-five years? Uh, unfortunately, forty-seven. And 47 my wife wants years. to know. She, yeah, it's, it's my wife said, you know, you're in it 47 years. And if you turn it around, that's your age. And, <laughs> and she says, when are you going to when are you going to retire? I said, well, I retired when I was 65. She said, I mean, the second time I said, maybe 75. So I've got about a year left, but I'll probably sneak in a few more years if my health's good. And if you did retire <laughs> after about a week, Linda would say, when are you going back to work? When are you going to go uh, back traveling again? I oh, guarantee I would, it. Uh, yeah. You know, for. Well, basically, for 47 years, I've traveled, you know, and not as much at Sindicato and Gurkha, but I, you know, so I, I think that's why we're married almost 51 years now, because I travel for 47. There you go. Jim Colucci, the president of Gurkha Cigars and Sindicato Cigars, our guest with uh, Altadas for many, many years. Jim, when you look at the industry and you getting into the cigar industry, you came from a very different industry. You went from a female industry to a male industry. Tell no, the story no. about who you work for. No, no, no. You got to have a little mixed up for it. Okay, but I'll tell the story. What you're talking about is uh, when I when I went for my first interview or my interviews at uh, Consolidated Cigar at the time, not Altadis, uh, the the, 
So uh, after my, I was having my third and final interview, okay? And I was interviewing with three companies, Dave. I never told you there were three. I was interviewing with Consolidated Cigar and ready for this, Mogan David Wine. Big back in the day. Yeah. So when I was at this final interview, John Gaffello, who then was the the senior the senior vice president of sales and marketing, said to me, <clears throat> your third interview, you never asked for a cigar. And he said, well, I don't smoke cigars. I've never smoked a cigarette. I don't smoke. He said, well, how in the hell are you going to sell cigars if you don't smoke cigars? And I said, well, if I don't take this job, I have another offer. And uh, they haven't asked me to use their product. And he said, what the hell company would not want you to use their product? And I said, Playtex. <clears throat> so I never worked for Playtex, Dave. I came from General Foods, which oh, is now Jeff, Okay, so I, I, I misunderstood. But Playtex at the time made bras and the 24-hour yeah. girdles. I remember all the commercials he used to see. So you never wore a girdle, yeah, you never wore also, a bra, but they still offered you the job. Right. Well, uh, maybe I, they thought I would consider starting wearing that stuff. Wearing that stuff, it'd probably be it probably in vogue nowadays. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, no, no, no doubt about it. So you you joined Consolidated Cigar when Consolidated Cigar was owned by a big conglomerate called Gulf and Western, based right. in New York. Yep, that was a long, long time ago, forty-seven years ago. What was the cigar industry like back at the time? Because when you joined it. You know, it was, you could smoke everywhere or cigars everywhere. But again, being, did you start on the mass side or on the premium side? Uh, I, no, I didn't get to premium until 1998, Dave. I officially took over. I mean, I, you know, I smoked premiums before that. But Dave, when I joined the cigar industry, my first trip was to Buffalo, New York. Okay. When we got on the plane and the, I was with the VP of sales, he lit up a cigar. On the plane. Mm-hmm. Must have been, I think, probably Mohawk Airlines back at the time. No, it was the uh, Allegheny? Allegheny. Allegheny. Okay, it was Allegheny. Oh. Mohawk had, had merged with Allegheny. Okay. Right. So it was so, Allegheny. So, you could smoke a cigar yeah. on the plane. Oh, boy, that would have yeah. been phenomenal. You know, and, you know, when you were in the smoking section of the plane, right. and, you know, you, it was the last, you know, the seats, and the people in front of you, you were smoking a cigar. Other people were smoking a cigarette. So I remember it was like about two years later uh, came the cigar smoking ban on planes. Right. A and we tried to ask the people in the cigarette industry to help us out, meaning they weren't getting banned. Only we were, you know, and they kind of like uh, I, they might have used one of the fingers to tell us what they were going to do for us. Right. So, which is ironic because several years later, when the cigarette ban came, they asked us for help. We didn't give it to them. Yeah, you returned the favor. Right. Yeah. They're very selfish. So you came from the mass end, and back those days, uh, I think Consolidated, um, give us some of the brands. Uh, it was Muriel's, Dutch Masters. Muriel, Dutch Masters, El Producto. We introduced Backwoods in uh, 1985, I guess it was. And that was your, uh, wasn't that no, your, actually, your kind of invention? No, actually, we introduced Backwoods in 1979. <laughs> Didn't you create the Backwoods? Uh, I was instrumental, and I think I told you the story that uh, I was very upset with the product when they first came out with it, 
because the commercial they made, I wasn't too happy with the two guys they were using to lasso the girl. Uh, but it was an instantaneous hit. We were out of stock for the first year, basically. We couldn't, we couldn't sell enough. And uh, eventually, uh, we were up to 80 million sticks, which if you put it against the premium business, that's not really good. I mean, that's great because, the, you know, at that time, there weren't 80 million premium cigars. Right. But the, the ironic thing is, three years later, I decided to introduce Backwoods Sweet. And you know Theo. And he gave me this thing, you know, I think you're going to cannibalize on the natural. So I said, I just got this great feeling about it. Would you let me do it? So the ne- that year we sold uh, 160 million sticks. 90 million were sweet. And we kept the uh, 70 million of the natural. And you're referring to Theo Foles, who was the CEO of Altadas and the predecessor, Consolidated Cigars, for many years. And I remember the the commercial, Jim, New Backwoods Smokes, How Could Anything Look So Wild, Taste So Mild. Right. Yep. I even remember that the jingle. It. I remember the whole thing. Yeah, that was very, very yeah. big. I mean, it, it, you know, and so you know, Dave, let me tell you about that product real quick. That was, uh, you've probably seen a cigar that looks like that over in Europe, but it's dry. A wild Indian, right. as they called it. Okay. So <clears throat> we tried to introduce that in the United States and we made the first batch by mistake. And sorry, I have this tickle in my throat. We made the first batch and uh, we oversaturated with uh, humidity. And when they gave me the cigars, you can bend the cigar. You've seen a backwards. You could take us backwards sure. on both ends and touch both ends. Absolutely. So we did a test in in the in our panel, and they liked the moist one better than they liked the dry one. And you know Americans don't like dry cigars because they think they're dry. So that even though they're supposed to be dry, the European cigars, Americans reject them because they're used to moist cigars. So we launched Backwoods, and everybody just loved it. And it's just an amazing product. And the secret to Backwoods, why it so great and kept on selling all these years is that the packaging the packaging we used we got from Reynolds and Reynolds uh, made this product for a company called Polaroid remember when you have to open the Polaroid absolutely back then that's the packaging sorry I should tell everyone that that you're coming off bronchitis the same thing I had for about six weeks, and I didn't have a cigar for almost six and a half, seven weeks. It was just going around. So you have the same thing that I just... Uh, I just had a cigar, and that's maybe the probably why I'm getting a tickle. But it, yeah, what you, I'm going to do right now, I'm going to just throw some water down me because that's I'm dry. There you go. That makes sense. Okay. Not, not, not a, actually, you need you need a alcoholic libation. A little Gentleman Jack or a little Scotch would well, probably I, do the trick. You know, Kaiser just gave me a bottle of 12-year McAllen. That would be perfect, Jim. Absolutely right. spectacular. Maybe when we do the break, I'll have a little. Not a problem. So uh, you go from, it's just interesting, because one other story about the mass market industry before we start getting into premium and Gurkha. George Burns, who lived, I think, what, 101, something like that? 101. <clears throat> 101. You actually, he would time his act based upon his... El Producto Cigar. You used to send... El Producto Queen. El Producto Queen. And my understanding was that Consolidated Cigar sent George Burns 
complimentary El Producto Queens every month to the day he died. Yes, 600 cigars a month, two cases of 300. Well, I love the story that George Burns uh, told when he hit 100. One of the reporters asked him, what do your doctors think of you smoking all these cigars? He said, I don't know. They're all dead. So George lived a 101, and he smoked a lot of cigars and synonymous with that. It's funny because there's a lot of – um, if you go to various networks, there are uh, actually – they show The Tonight Show back when Johnny Carson hosted it. And basically every time George Burns was on or Milton Berle, they always had a lit cigar. Those were the good old days, Jim. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you, if, if, if you go back, Dave, Dutch Master, El Producto, and uh, Muriel – all had top-notch people that everyone had heard of. Ernie Kovacs was Dutch master. Then he convinced us to use his wife, Edie Gourmet. Uh, Edie Adams. Edie, Edie, Edie Adams. Adams, excuse me. Edie Adams, I apologize. And uh, we had also Sid Caesar and uh, who else? Oh, we had Milton Burrow. And yeah, I mean, just on and on, these guys all smoked. I have some great old commercials from the 60s. They're just wonderful with Milton Berle, Sid Caesar, uh, Ernie Kovacs, Edie Adams. It was good times. Absolutely. And then you made the transition into premium cigars. Yes. Back, what did you say, 1998? 1998, uh, February of 1998, I took over both premium and mass market. That's right, and I remember uh, meeting you at the at the time RTDA convention in Nashville. Yes, and that's, that's when you had launched a ton of new products. I mean, there were new products and humidors, uh, just a totally different look from Consolidated, and really taking some of the incredible brands at the time, Romeo and Julieta, Monte Cristo, Ace Upman, and really starting to run with those classic traditional old Cuban brands. Yeah, we in fact. You know, not until the boom in in the mid '90s did we even reintroduce Monte Cristo. People don't realize that the brand we made at the time and uh, the people at Dunhill were, were uh, distributing it was Monte Cruz. <coughs> so I'll, when we had I'll, bought the, I'll tell you what, Jim, hold that thought. Hold that thought because we're up against a hard break. We will continue okay. our conversation. Cigar Master Series, Jim Colucci, President. Gurkha Cigars, Syndicato Cigars around the corner. You, you need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. series today from Augusta National with our good friend Jim Colucci, president of Syndicato Cigars and Gurkha Cigars. Jim, can you imagine if I had to do the Jim Nance on the golf course voice for the entire show? That would not work for me. No. <laughs> I have to but I'd like to in be subtle there. tones. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. On Amen Corner. Here we go. Let's go to Amen Corner. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely is. Uh, although I'm not sure you'd want to be a member of Augusta National with no, uh, some no. of the guys that are on there. Not exactly our kind of guys. But anyway, no. Jim, you were you were talking about uh, your entrance into the premium cigar into things. You were promoted in 1998 at Altadas to Senior VP of Sales and Marketing, overseeing both premium and mass market. So you came in uh, really full guns a-blazing when it came time to adding new cigars and uh, new accessories to Consolidated's premium lineup at the time. Yeah, well, you know what, Dave? You, want, you know, I said I wasn't involved with premium cigars. I mean, I wasn't in charge, but I had a lot of theories of what we should be doing, and the people that were there weren't doing it. So when, when I took over, I said, hey, we're going to make some changes, you know, and the biggest change I made was meeting with a lot of retailers and, t and asking them, what should I do? You know, people don't realize that you can be a big corporation, but you don't have all the answers. And if you talk to your consumers and the people that sell to the consumers, you'll learn a lot. And for me, it was great. And they were really open to helping me out. And I've made a lot of good friends with these people since 1998, and I'm still friends with them. And in fact, a majority of them are syndicato owners. And even though Consolidated was a big cigar company, the I think at the time, wasn't it the largest when you added both premium and mass market? I think it was a little bit larger than general at the time, was it not? Oh, yeah, it was way larger than general, but we weren't larger than the, their premium business. Correct. But what was interesting is it was very entrepreneurial. You did not have many layers of bureaucracy and management. You ran it. Uh, all the execs really were hands-on, very entrepreneurial, almost operated like it was a boutique type of operation, not a major big company. Yeah. I mean, when I when I left Altidus, it, I would, basically, I always kid it to everyone. I'd say I was part-time in premium because I still was running mass market, which was uh, – I would say uh, seven times bigger, okay, dollar-wise, you know. And the other thing was, is, you know, uh, Janelle was full-time, 
Joe Maldonado was full time uh, and Jill. And, you know, so what I'm saying is we, we really had a small staff it was only about five, right. five people in the office that were working on premium. Right. But that's the way you, you got to understand. Theo is probably the, the greatest boss or greatest manager I've ever worked for. And, you know, I always joke the only person I ever worked for again would be him. And uh, not a joke, meaning he was a, a great person. He was probably one of the smartest guys I've ever met in my life. And, he, you know, he likes to brag. You know the story. His first year in college, he had six flags in one D. And uh, <laughs> that was the end of his college career. That was so it. For a, guy that, for a guy that never went to college, he ran two major corporations once at the same time. He ran Consolidated and Brooks Drug at the same time. I never realized he ran Brooks Drug. I did not know that. Yes. Theo was the president of Brooks Drug and Consolidated Cigar at the the same time. And then uh, he was also the chairman of McAndrews and Forbes uh, Licorice Division. So he's handling three three jobs at the same time. But Brooks, he didn't handle long because uh, his job when he was sent up there was to get it sold. And that's what he did. But uh, we, we got... At the time, remember, we were a big mass market company. And Brooks, I don't know if you know where Brooks was, right up there in Rhode Island. We got threatened by the other local guy in Rhode Island called CVS. Right. That they weren't happy that the president of their biggest mass market cigar division was also the president of their competitor down the block. That didn't work too well. Of course, you're referring to Theo Foles, the former CEO of Consolidated. And Jim, what really is interesting about Theo was that his genius was he hired the absolute best people, and he got out of the way. When you needed something, whether it was George Gershel going into Theo to say, Theo, I think we need to buy more raw materials. It's going to be a big cost, but we need to age these. Theo would say, George, if that's what you think we need to do, let's do it. Same thing with you. When he promoted you, he really got out of the way and and let you run that operation, but was there as a resource when you needed him. Yeah, he I mean, he was there. I mean, he's he's just a great guy. But I got to tell you something. You know, uh, even when we were owned by Ronald Perlman twice, you remember we were owned by Ronald Perlman twice? Right, sure. Ronald Perlman only visited our offices once the first time and once the second time. And I only met Ronald for a meeting once in New York. And Theo might have met with him like maybe once a quarter. And all Ronald Perlman cared about is he had this great guy, Theo Foles, there. And as long as Theo was delivering the, the numbers, there was no reason to worry about him. He had other companies to worry more than he did about, you know, consolidated. And that's why he knew Theo was so great that he felt that Theo had the right people and could handle Brooks and McAndrews and Forbes flavoring at the same time. So let's let's fast forward to a year ago. You become president you were president of Syndicato, still are. Kaizad yeah. Hensodia, who is the uh, founder of Gurkha Cigars, the owner of Gurkha Cigars, uh, had been renting you space for Syndicato with your office. And we all right. know Kaizad. He's a great guy, and he's like a uh, brother, like family. You, you come visit. You know, it's like uh, he treats you like you're, you're a relative. He really does. Right. And so he'd been after you for a while to become president of Gurkha. Talk about how that how that all transpired, what the timing was and why it was right for you at the time to oversee two companies rather than just one. Well, okay. So 
I mean, one of the things, I mean, we've been, Kaiser and I have been friends for over 20 years. And when I left Altidus and said I was going to do Sindicato, he said, well, why don't you, you know, put your offices in my warehouse? I've got extra space. I'll give you my second humidor for your stuff. And so I was here and he said, well, here's one of the parts of the rent. I'm going to bounce things off you because I value your opinion. So probably about two, a year and a half ago, maybe a little more than that, maybe a year and three quarters, he said to me, why don't you come work for me? And I said, well, Kate, one of the things, you know, you know me, I'm very honorable. I gave my word to these guys when we formed Syndicato that I would be there till the end, whether we sold it or, you know, or we would, you know, basically training someone to take my place. I said, I can't really leave them and work for you. But maybe if we did the following, we could use a bigger sales force. So if I could sell it to the Syndicato guys, that the Gurkha sales force would now be the Syndicato sales force, I think they would jump on it. And so that's what we did. And that's how it started and worked out great. I run both companies and uh, I have a bigger sales force now. I have a national sales force, which before we had brokers and Gene, you know. So right. it's been a, a real a plus for us. And now Syndicato products, Syndicato and both particularities are international. We're in Mexico, Brazil, Panama, Italy. Um, and we're about to be in the Middle East. So, you know, it's been a blessing uh, as far as that, because I don't think I could ever gotten the product internationally without having Kaiser's international sales force. And so last summer at the Cigar Retailers Convention, that was your first uh, convention as the president of Gurkha, and you had three big launches. One of the cigars you launched I'm enjoying today the Gurkha Nicaragua. Yes, that's a great cigar. Again, I wanted to, I wanted to have a real puro Nicaraguan made with all Aganos of tobacco. I love their, you know, Corojo from Jalapa, and I love their double binders, the way they do things, and they do the cigars in Intubo. I mean, they're just a great pers- person to deal, great people to deal with, and they make great cigars and have great tobacco. So it's been a great success for us. <clears throat> we've, um, we're, we've run out of all the boxes. I think I told you the story earlier that we're not making our boxes in China anymore. So the 1,500 boxes I made in China are all gone. And we're now making boxes in Nicaragua. So- and let's, let's talk about that because China has been a major manufacturer. I, last week on the show, I railed against really pontificated against China. I do not trust the numbers coming out of China. They hid the fact that coronavirus was discovered the end of December by a Chinese ophthalmologist. They have endangered not only the world's economy, but the world's health. And to this day, I don't try. Now they're trying to blame the U.S. saying that we're being xenophobic and that we are the ones responsible for spreading coronavirus, which is absolute, utter nonsense. And the rest of the world has finally figured out that you can't trust the Chinese communists in any way, shape, or form. But you made the decision not that long ago that you were going to start moving your supply chain in terms of boxes from China to other parts of the world. Yeah, I definitely had made the decision before the coronavirus. I just, 
you know, I really wasn't doing much with China. Gurkha did a lot. And I just started showing people that if you went to Nicaragua and, you know, we're making the the paper wrap stuff is being made by uh, Jason over there in Orlando area. And he's shipping it down to the box factory in, in Nicaragua and Dominican who are making paper wrap boxes. Right. Jason at Action Label. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. You know, Jason. So, right. Dave, I will tell you that when you put the cost of travel and first of all the chinese want the money up front okay number two if the product comes and it's damaged it's screw you i shouldn't say that on your line probably yeah you can say it you can say it that's okay we say it all the time so when i first got here at gurkha we had this issue we had a thousand humidors dave that we paid thirty dollars for they all came damaged Every single one. And the manufacturer said, screw you. So here you pay up front so you can't do anything. You can't pay with American Express. They want a wire, right? Right. So that did it for me. I said, I can't deal with this. I I need to deal with people I trust. I don't trust any of the people in the China business because uh, they take my money up front. And if I don't like the product that comes, it's tough luck. They'll get business from someone else. They change your name. They change their broker, whatever. So we, I made the decision to move all our boxes back to the United States or in the country of origin where we're making the product. So that's what we're doing. And uh, I think it's going to be positive for us. And again, with the paying up front, the two to three months it takes to get the product, uh, the customs and duties, sometimes the problems in Nicaragua getting the product in you know, if you don't have the right paperwork and everything, it's not worth the aggravation, Dave. And it isn't worth maybe saving on an average because you can buy per cigar is maybe saving eight cents or 10 cents per cigar. Right. In the costing. I just said, listen, you got good quality cigar. All the people care about is a great cigar. If the box isn't as pretty as it might have been coming from China, but it's still a great looking cigar box. They care about the cigar not the box. Right. So that, that was the decision I made, and I'm going to stick to it. We will continue with our Cigar Masters series. Our guest, Jim Colucci, president of both Gurkha Cigars and Syndicato Cigars. Our final and concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do. 
to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions. Sit, smoke, chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body. Notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then... A very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana, the fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. The latest news in the world of cigars from those who produce the sticks. It's the Cigar Master Series, only on the Cigar Dave Show. Jim Colucci, dual president of both Syndicato Cigars and Gurkha Cigars, our guest. All right, Jim, let's talk real quickly. The Gurkha uh, Nicaragua doing very well. Nice medium to full flavored profile on that cigar. Yeah, it's a terrific cigar from Aganosa. It's got a Corojo, sun-grown Corojo wrapper. Uh, both a uh, Condega and Esteli binder, double binder, and uh, Condega and Esteli fillers. Now let's talk about the Gurkha Real. You also launched that last July at the Premium Cigar Association convention. We featured it as the December 2019 Officers Club selection. A very pleasant, mild to medium-bodied cigar. Big-time winner. Yeah, it's, you know, I wanted to, you know, Having had such success when I was at Altidus with both the Romeo Real and the uh, Monte Cristo White, I wanted something in that taste profile over here at Gurkha. We have it in Syndicato with Affinity, but I wanted something in Gurkha, and so we introduced that product. Uh, It's made in the Dominican Republic by Cuevas, uh, the the Cuevas factory, and uh, they did a great job. It's really a fantastic cigar. It's priced right. And uh, it's doing really well. So I like the Nicaraguan series. They're both doing well, as is the Trenta. Uh, yeah, let's talk about 30th, 30th anniversary cigar when Kaizad Hensodi acquired the Gurkha brand. Let's talk about Trenta. Okay. So 30 years ago uh, last year, in 2019, he started Gurkha Cigar Company. So we wanted to do something that would not only be an anniversary cigar, but a continuing cigar. And that's why we named it Trenta for 30. And uh, we're going to keep making that cigar. Uh, the first thousand boxes of, e- of each of the di- three different sizes, Dave, were made in beautiful piano finished boxes, which we didn't charge the consumer for. The cigar is priced for the new boxes that will come from Nicaragua soon with the paper wrap box. And so the consumer is getting like I, we had one retailer. Someone sent me in the picture. He's selling the box for forty dollars after he sold out the cigars. All right. So it's a beautiful box. It's something keep. I mean, I got one of each in my office, empty, 
because I've smoked the cigars. Cigar is great. It's an, it's an Ecuador Cubano wrapper from the, the Oliva Tobacco Company. It's got double binder. It's made by Agano, uh, Agonos. It's got double binder, uh, Alapa and uh, uh, Esteli binder, and it's got uh, Condega and uh, Esteli filler. And it's a great cigar. It's medium, almost at three quarters, but it's it's getting the best review. Uh, even though the Nicaraguan series uh, was rated a 92 by uh, Cigar Snob, and it was the number 13 cigar for Cigars and Spirits for last year. So the Nicaraguan series is doing great, Trent is doing great, and the Real is doing great. Fantastic. Now, two big announcements. You launched at the uh, one of the conventions, TPE. The tobacco, TPE, uh, Tobacco Plus Expo last month, the Castle Hall as well as the Prize Fighter Maduro, both value price cigars, less than five bucks. Right. But you've got two big announcements, exclusive. First, you're going to hear about it on the Cigar Dave Show today in July at the Premium Cigar Association Convention. You've got a new Castle Hall and a new brand coming out. Let's share that info. Okay, so the new Castle Hall is going to be not a. It's going to be a Ecuador Cubano wrapper. Nicaraguan binder, double binder, and all Nicaraguan uh, tobacco, okay? And it's, it's going to be made in Nicaragua. And uh, then we're going to introduce uh, uh, San Miguel. This is the big one. This is going to be made by Agonosa. And uh, it's going to be a shade-grown Corojo wrapper from Jalapa. A double binder from Condega and, and uh, Esteli with Condega and Esteli uh, fillers from Nicaragua. Made in Tubo, made by Agonosa, and it's going to be in the uh, 8 to $9 range. And what is the flavor profile, flavor complexion of the new That's San gonna Miguel be, going to be? The San Miguel is going to be uh, medium to not quite three quarters. All right, so medium, medium full, and then what about the Castle Hall with the Ecuador Cubano wrapper from Nicaragua? That's going to be pretty full for a cigar that the uh, four ninety five for the sixty by six, four seventy five for the fifty four by six Toro, and the fifty two by five Robusto is going to be four fifty. That's incredible. So less than five dollars for incredible, you know, great premium cigars. And right. uh, so you've got the Castle Hall that'll have the Castle Hall with the Connecticut more on the mild From side. the Dominican, the, right? Or the Dominican. And then the Nicaraguan version, Ecuadorian Cubano, is going to be a super full cigar. Or no, that's going to be what? Super full, Medium you said? Medium to three quarters. Medium to three quarters. And then the San Miguel will be a super full cigar. Well, Jim, we will uh, look forward to sampling. I'm going to see you in a few weeks down at Gurkha Syndicato uh, World Headquarters. So I know you've got some samples, unbanded samples, I'm sure, in bundles. So I can't wait to smoke the new San Miguel. Uh, we have to do that after we go out to lunch, Jim, because if that's going to be super full, don't want to do that on an empty stomach. You got it. All right, Dave. We look forward to it. See you in, see you in a couple weeks. 
Sounds great. And uh, feel better. Get rid of that uh, that bronchitis. It uh, Once yeah. you get rid of it, the good news is it goes away, but it just kind of lingers. Jim Colucci, president of Gurkha Cigars and Syndicato Cigars, our Cigar Masters guest today on the Cigar Dave Show. As always, don't forget, make sure you follow me at social media. At tw- or Twitter is at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook, Cigar Dave. Instagram, Cigar Dave. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app if you have not done so already. Just go to the Apple uh, Play Store or the Apple Store, uh, pod, uh, the Apple Store or the Google Play Store, and just go ahead and download it. You will not miss an episode of the Cigar Dave Show. Cigar Dave, the general saying: Mayor Humidor always be full. Mayor Cutter always be sharp. Mayor Ashby extra extra long. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. Make masculinity great again. And as always, screw the enemies of pleasure. Bye bye, Gloomberg. <laughs>